everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Today, we're going to start the review series on Blood Meridian. Um, March is luckily, it's we got one, two, three, four, five Wednesdays inside of March. So uh, I, I'm glad I chose Blood Meridian for this because it's going to give me time to actually kind of go through it a little bit more thoroughly and uh, give you some extra some extra content that I think you need instead of just diving right into the book like we kind of did on some of the other ones. Uh, today's going to be kind of a short uh, introductory episode, about as short as I can make it. Um, the So I know that some of y'all, uh, a, a few of y'all, <laughs> are actually trying to uh, read the book along with uh, the podcast so that you're up to date when it, uh, when the pod, when the episodes drop. And, uh, but a lot of people are going to be reading this retroactively. I mean, there may be one of y'all that I know that is, uh, actually following along, um, at pace with the episodes, but a lot of people are going to be reading this retroactively and I really don't want to like spoil anything. Um, so that's why this first episode, since it's the first of March, uh, I'm not going to just dive right into the book. Um, I will. So the way this is going to be structured is the introductory episode uh, on the first. And then I think we're going to do this book is kind of broken into three sections. And I'll get into that here in a, a little bit later. It, it's got three different, uh, not really narratives, but it's, it's just got three different sections. Um, you could call them episodes, but I would say the way the book is written, they're, they're more like seasons. It's got three different seasons of the book with many episodes inside it. Uh, so that's going to be covered on the 8th, the 15th, and the 22nd. And I'll, I'll tell you exactly what those sections are. So by the 8th, you'll be expected to read so many pages. Uh, by the 22nd, that one's going to be a hefty one. You're really going to have to get on your ass and, and start reading. Um, I guess get on your ass, get off your ass. I don't know. <laughs> I guess if you're reading, you need to get on your ass, sit down, and start reading. Uh, unless you read on a treadmill. doesn't matter. But... Uh, the 22nd is going to be uh, a little bit lesser of a section. I think that's the shortest section that there is. Um, so, and then the 29th, I think we're going to have uh, a special guest on to talk about Blood Meridian, what he got out of it. And uh, that's the way it's going to go, guys. So, basically, the intro to this book is... Uh, if I could sum it up into two words, it's uh, holy crap, I guess. Um yeah, it was uh, it was intense. I guess if I if I had to sum it up into one word, this book is intense. Um, I was not expecting the book that I got. Uh, I bit off. I don't know if I bit off more than I can chew, but this is an incredibly uh, dense, intense book. It's one of the. Uh, I'm finding out it's one of the greatest and most. Uh, I guess not. I guess not complicated, but um, intricate and meaningful pieces of American literature that has ever been written. Uh, it's it's pretty much not arguable that that is a fact. Um, a lot of people say it's the greatest, you know, American literature, American literary work. I don't know. Um, I'm not 
that into literature yet. So, which was one of the struggles that you're going to have uh, reading this book. And all I can say is that if you're not super into American literature, not even American literature, I don't, I don't even know who wrote Moby Dick. That's how not into literature I am. I could, I don't even know. But if you haven't read Moby Dick, <laughs> um, if you haven't gotten that deep into literature, this is going to be a different experience for you. And you're not going to get a lot of what is uh, conveyed into this book. And that is okay. Um, that's the point that I'm going to be reviewing this book from. I'll give you little hints and insights into the deeper, the deeper meanings of the book. But I really, really want to try to approach this from a ground level for uh, kids that, not necessarily kids, but um, young men and older men and two that don't have a strong literary background. You know, one of the main reasons that um, I am doing this podcast is because uh, the, I think the American education system has greatly failed uh, young men in particular. And so I'm not trying to mimic what they're doing. You can find scholarly articles on this all over the place. And, and I did read them to get a more advanced understanding of what the book means. Uh, you can find whole books of notes, which I'm actually going to recommend to you. Uh, but I don't think that that's really going to serve many of you that listen to this podcast. I just don't think it's going to. I don't think that you care about the 300 different connections that uh, chapter one makes to different other literary, amazing literary arts that were written before its time. Um, it's cool. It's it's really a uh, it's a work of art. Uh, it's a work of art and science to really see how he ties all of these things together. And it, at the very least, it makes you appreciate, um, his attention to detail and the effort that he went through to write this book beyond that. Uh, if you're not a literary scholar, I don't know how much value it really has. Uh, to, to, to know all the little intricacies of what he's done in every single page. So I'm not going to review it from that standpoint. And if you're somebody here that's new that just looked up a Blood Meridian review and that's what you want, this is probably not going to be the review series for you. Uh, I do think that you'll still get something out of it, but this is for the people, I mean, literally exactly like me. Now, I can be a smart dude occasionally, and I've done some literary analysis, but not nearly, I mean, very, very little. I, like, I just, I, I haven't read Moby Dick. I don't even know that, uh, what was the other one that, uh, uh, oh, Of Mice and Men. I, I haven't even read that. So, like, I've done a little bit, not nearly enough to be considered a literary scholar, and I'm starting with this. So, uh, and I, I had no clue that the, the book was going to be like this. So, if you're here looking for that, that's not what this is going to be. What this is going to be is the enjoyment, number one, the enjoyment of a really good book, because it was really enjoying for me to read. Uh, it, 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 it's a dichotomy. I'll get into that later. It was enjoying, but it wasn't. But um, this is going to be approaching it from a really practical um a practical point of view, what can we take away, uh, not necessarily surface level, but from the everyday um, dude that wants to learn more, wants to read more, uh, not the academic. So if you're looking for an extremely academic analysis of this, sorry, uh, not right now. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. There's a lot of people that can do that better than I can. Um so that that kind of prefaces the the complexity of this book. And again, guys, I, I really am sorry uh, if you're trying to follow the podcast and you're you're trying to do things along with me. This book probably should have been chosen either much later in the year or probably honestly year two. Uh, 
uh, yeah, I it, it really should have. And I think that it's going to warrant a reread uh, and a re-review on my part, probably in year two. And I think that y'all need to be rereading this as well, especially if you follow through the first one. Uh, so I apologize that I put us in this position, but uh, mama didn't raise no bitch. So we're going to do it and we're going to try to do it right. And I think it is an advantage uh, to hop right in really, really deep uh, on our first uh, on our first real book together. I know we did meditations, but this is going to be our first fiction. This is going to be our first like dense book that we're going to be reading together. So I think it'll be good. Um, let's talk about how you approach this book. So this podcast is dropping, I guess, the evening of day one. So maybe you've already started reading it. Uh, hopefully you all have because you're overachievers. Uh, if you haven't, it's okay. Um, how are you going to start reading this book? And my answer is extremely intensely. You're going to sit there uh, with a pencil and a highlighter and anything that you don't understand, anything at all that you don't understand, you're going to highlight it. You're going to write outside what you think it might be. And at your earliest convenience, you're going to Google that. I don't care if it takes you um, 20 minutes to get through a page. Yeah, you may completely blow the time scale. You may not get this done in March. Uh, but that's the way you're going to do it. Um, now, there will be things. And and the, the, the complexity of this book, what I mean by that is, is that there will be things that you don't catch that you don't even know that you don't catch. <laughs> and that's why it's so important to read this intently is because the stuff that you, uh, if you just skim over it, if you just read this book, like it's uh, like it's an entertainment novel, you'll get nothing from it. I mean, you really will. It's, it's, it's a terrible entertainment novel. If you're not looking to get something out of this book, it's awful. I mean, it just really is. Uh, but if you even have the most, uh, baseline level of curiosity and you look into the things that immediately catch your eye uh it, it becomes a lot more interesting and i'll demonstrate that here in a little bit um so that's what we're going to do and i and i promise if you if you're not again if you're not a literary critic uh if you don't do literary analysis on the daily then uh this whole sit down with a pencil and a highlighter thing it's not going to take as much time as you think it is because you're going to read over a lot of shit that doesn't really matter <laughs> i mean you are i i, I did uh, you may not i did but the moment i found something that piqued my interest that i didn't know what it was uh i underlined it highlighted it wrote on the side what i thought it meant and then i googled it and that happened um about every one uh, about every three pages, I would guess. And again, for a literary, uh, for somebody that does literary analysis all the time, this book, it would happen four or five times a page for them. But for those of us that aren't uh, in academia, it's not going to happen that often. So you still need to make sure you need to make sure that you're doing it uh, so that you do catch the, the things from, you know, at a three page cadence, a three page rhythm that you do actually have the capacity to look at understand and go and google uh so that's what we're going to be doing this is not a read it a page at a time as we're waiting on the elevator or whatever the hell you guys do sitting at work crack it open and read it one page without ever getting your pencil out that's not what this book is set aside the time be disciplined about it look through it get your pencil get your highlighter uh, i like to put little book tabs in my books as well it takes extra time I, it's worth the time to me so this is going to be our mindset before we even open the very first page of the book. <laughs> before we open the book, this is going to be our mindset. Uh, and I'll show you why here in a second. Um, so the way that 
you can think about this is that it's got three parts. I don't know that he, I don't, he doesn't part it out. Um, so it's, it's kind of, you don't realize it until the end of the book that it has three parts, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you chapters one to seven is probably going to be the first part. Chapters one to seven are this, this little season of episodes. Uh, it, it's, it's a season of episodes, uh, from chapter one to seven from seven to 19 is another season of episodes. And then chapter 19 to 23 is the final season of episodes. Now, why am I saying it like this? This book is written in an episodic fashion. What does that mean? Well, number one, I don't know if I even said it right. So there's that. No, <laughs> what, what this 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 isn't the type of book that everybody knows about that has uh, the build up, the climax, and then the, the you know the fall down. That that's not what this is, and I, I forget. It's not like a. I don't know if it's a narrative or I don't, I don't know the literary term for what I just said, but you all know what it's the beginning, the middle and the end. This is the standard that everybody knows, uh, the beginning, the middle and the end and the climax is somewhere in the middle and the end is where everything begins to wrap up. That is not what this book is. This book occurs in short episodes throughout long periods of boredom. Uh, and it's intentional like that. It's it's very, very intentional that it occurs in short episodes with long periods of boredom. There is, I guess there's kind of a plot, depending on what you consider a plot. Um, there's not really a plot. Uh, it just, everything just kind of happens. And towards the end, you realize, oh, well, I guess that's what that means. There's no climax. There's no... Um, big standing moment and what (laughs) the way it's written because it's written in episodes and because it's those episodes are uh i guess surrounded in boredom you don't even realize that you're in the middle of an episode until uh until you're like at the end of it sometimes (laughs) you don't realize that until you're in the middle of an episode you're like oh man maybe i should be paying attention to this and again this is all intentional this is the way it's supposed to be written it's supposed to represent life and and the way that we go through life and and um you'll see you know the way that violence happens in in episodic spurts throughout the book surrounded by boredom that's intentional um the next thing that i need to say before we read this book uh, now I hate the term trigger warning and you know, I know half of you are going to be like, I ain't no damn snowflake. This book is violent. Uh, this book is incredibly violent. Now I know a lot of you like me, uh, we grew up watching violent movies. Violence isn't always, uh, I don't know. It seems like I'm a little sensitized to it probably because I haven't been involved in just a whole lot of violence, uh, in my life. This may hit a little bit harder if I had been overseas or, or whatever the case. Um, and it could go the other way. If you've never seen any violence whatsoever, this book will hit you very hard, like a truck. This book is violent. It is gruesome. Uh, it's meant to be that way. So be prepared for that. There are a lot of people which I found, I found kind of odd because I am relatively comfortable with reading and seeing violence. Uh, that a lot of people put this book down because it is so violent. Uh, they couldn't read through it. Now it was kind of hard for me, um, to read through some of the stuff. Not, yeah, it was, it was kind of hard to read through some of the stuff. It really made me cringe and it made me really, really feel dirty. Uh, and there was some times where I would read it and I would literally get animated. I'd be like, Oh oh my gosh. Like, I cannot believe I just read that. That is wild. Um, the, the book does that to you because of, uh, McCarthy's wonderful, I mean, just 
amazing depictions of uh, of violence. Um, and when I say wonderful, it's it's just jaw dropping the way that he's able to describe this violence so eloquently uh, and so intensely. And the same way with sceneries. Uh, this book is praised time and time again for his. I think it's called. It's not illusions, but maybe illusions with an eye. Uh, his his depictions of scenery. Um, you'll notice that and highlight some of these things when. And for me, sometimes that's where the boredom came in because I didn't really care about the 18 different ways that you can uh, describe the night sky. But when that happens, highlight it and really try to understand what he's saying and formulate that picture in your head. That's half of the magic of this book is the sceneries that he describes uh, down in Old Mexico. Um, it's it, it's just kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's weird because he... He draws out this, uh, he creates this picture in your head of a land that we know, we know for a fact, this place fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever been to West Texas, if you've ever been out in the desert, uh, it is not a fun place to be. I mean, it's just not. It can be pretty sometimes. The open skies are pretty. The night skies are pretty. Uh, but it just sucks. And the way that he wraps... The way that he makes you, number one, the way that he describes how intensely it sucks is really, really cool. Uh, it's really, it, it, it's a work of art, the way that he describes the suckage of the land. It's also, sorry, it's also a work of art, the way he makes you forget all about that. So he's telling you the experience of being in the land and how much it sucks to be there and it's hot and it's dry and they haven't had water in three days or whatever. Uh, and then he'll absolutely rock you when nighttime comes and he's talking about the scenery of the stars and what you see on the landscape. Like it, it makes you want to be there because of the way that he describes the scenery. So really buy into that and uh, highlight that when you when you come across it and understand how it makes you feel because it's kind of wild i mean after reading this book as as violent as it is um as much as the the land sucks out there you know and they get into they get into a deeper part of mexico where it doesn't exactly suck all the time but um as bad as it is as bad as it is when he describes being there still after the imagery of what he depicts i i want to go there like I've never had a desire to go to Mexico until after I read this book. And I was like, man, it would be so cool to go like on some of those ranches and see this, uh, see where they were going through when this, when this book was written. So, uh, and it's not a nonfiction book, but he is very deliberate about the locations that he uses. And, um, it's, it's called, I guess, a historical novel, I guess, historical fiction is kind of what it's described that it it's historically, accurate in the sense that the places are real the scenery is real um you know it's extremely accurate in, in what you might see if this were real um so take that's for what take that for what it's worth now on the topic of violence uh on the topic of making you feel uncomfortable this book will make you feel incredibly uncomfortable and it's supposed to do that uh, it's supposed to do that. There are word choices in here. There are words that people used to say a long time ago uh, that are in this book, and they're in there for a reason. Because if we completely blanked out um, a whole period of history where bad words were said that people don't like nowadays, uh, 
if we wrote books like that, they would not have the meaning that they're intended to have. And we would quickly, quickly forget how bad those times were. Um, this book makes you feel uncomfortable because it's supposed to, and I'm not going to avoid, I'm not going to avoid that. Uh, there are a lot of words in here that are not very nice and that will absolutely get me kicked off the internet. Um, if I were, if I were at a certain size, these words would get me thrown in internet jail. Um, and before too long, real jail. Uh, if I was in Canada, real jail, but, um, I digress. Uh, there are uncomfortable words in here, and I'm not going to avoid them. I'm not going to intentionally say them. I'm not going to avoid them. If I roll up on a quote and it's got words in there, I'm going to say it because that's the way the book is written. And there are a lot of people on here that don't read the book because they don't think they want to read, and they listen to the podcast to understand the ideas of the book. So I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. Like that's that's what this is going to be. I'm going to depict violent scenes that come from this book. I'm going to say the words that he says, not intentionally, not because I want to. I'm going to say it because that's what is, that's what the book says. Okay. That's what they said back in those days. And it's supposed to relay the uncomfortableness and how far we've come from those times or how far we haven't come from those times, how much we're still alike those people. Maybe just our words are different. That's what this book is supposed to do. So, if you can't handle that, number one, you're probably not going to enjoy this podcast for very long. <laughs> if this is your first episode, um, if I did a virtual episode with one of your favorite people that you follow, um, and you get on here and you don't like mean and naughty words, I appreciate you for trying out the podcast. I appreciate you for listening to the podcast. I absolutely implore you to keep listening and to get the fuck over it. But if you can't, then leave. Uh, it is as simple as that. Go listen to somebody else that uh, cares a whole lot more about your sensitivity and your feelings. That is not what we're doing here. Um, I'm not going to censor words and books uh, because of the way it might make you feel and the consequences it might have on what I'm trying to say. Because books like this are important and the way that they make you feel is important. And that's why those words are in there. So... That's all I'm going to say about it uh, until we get to the book. Like I said, I'm not going to intentionally say the words. I'm not going to not say the words. Um, but that's what it is. So if you have an issue with that, uh, please leave. That's, that's all I have to say, I guess. Um, guys, I'm, I'm super excited about this book. It, it was one of my favorites. Uh, if, if you can stand um, country music and if you can listen to music while you le while you read, uh, one of my favorite, um, and I'm reading all the pretty horses right now. Cause that's what we're going to review, uh, next month. One of my favorite things to do now, I, I come from, uh, a cowboy and cowboy and, uh, lifestyle and ancestry, I guess. I uh, don't do much of it now. Um, all hat, no cattle as of right now, uh, turned all of my attention into hunting, but I have, very strong ties to the West and cowboying and ranching and, uh, you know, Westerns in general. Um, one of my favorite ways to read this book was to turn on Coulter Wall. Go, I, if you don't know who Coulter Wall, it's C I'm going to try to spell it. If you don't know who Coulter Wall is, it's C O L T E R W A L L. I think it'll get you, it'll get you there. Go to Spotify, type in Coulter Wall, um, go to his, uh, it, it's like his, um, uh, Q 
cumulative playlist. It's it's this is Coulter Wall. It's the Spotify, um, Spotify. I guess you wouldn't even call it record. It's it's the playlist. Sorry, that's what I was thinking of. It's a playlist of all their best works. I turn that on in the background to read, and I'm reading this western, and Coulter Wall is playing, and it gets into uh, some oh like Leaving Cheyenne or I I think it's I ride an old paint Leaving Cheyenne, and that's playing in the background, and you're reading uh, just this this awesome magnificent western that's di- displaying pictures of the West and um, Indian Wars and all of these different things, riding horseback for days on end. Uh, it was just really cool. And even if you're not into country music, uh, if, if you like to have background music when you read, go turn on some Coulter Wall and uh, and just turn it low enough to where you can't hear the lyrics. I don't care if you can't stand country music. If you can have it on, if you can have any music on in the background, just try this um, and see how it makes you feel. Because it, it was just, it was so cool to me. That's one of my favorite ways uh, to read these Westerns is to turn on, uh, some Coulter wall. I don't really know. I mean, you can listen to some of the older country stuff, uh, but he's the only one that really does it with that old West feel. I think, um, I don't know. Go listen to this as Coulter wall. I can play those songs on repeat all the time. I'm sure my office mates hate me for it because sometimes I'll play it out loud. Uh, they don't actually hate me. They enjoy the the ambient sound, but they may they may get tired of listening to the same songs all the time. But uh, go do that. It was it was really really cool. So overall, I think that's all I've got. Uh, oh no, we need to go over the first page. Sorry, I almost forgot. So just to demonstrate, um, just to demonstrate why <laughs> you need to be so diligent about this book, I'm gonna walk you through. The first page. See the child. He is pale and thin. He wears a thin and ragged linen shirt. He stalks the scullery fire. Outside lie dark turned fields with rags of snow and darker woods beyond that harbor, yet a few last wolves. His folk are known for hewers of wood and drawers of water, but in truth, his father has been a schoolmaster. He lies in drink. He quotes from poets whose names are now lost. The boy crouches by the fire and watches him. Night of your birth, 33. The Leonids, they were called. God, how the stars did fall. I looked for blackness, holes in the heavens, the dipper stove. The mother dead these 14 years did incubate in her own bosom the creature who would carry her off. The father never speaks her name. The child does not know it. He has a sister in this world that he will not see again. He watches, pale and unwashed. He can neither read nor write, and in him broods already a taste for mindless violence. All history present in that visage. The child, the father of the man. It's wild. Um, Number one, it's deep. Going back and reading that out loud. It's deep. But I'm I'm going to just (laughs) relay to you um, how deep that really is let me i'm gonna get my notes real quick so um let me just relay to you how deep it really is number one oh uh i recommend as soon as you can you get the notes on blood meridian by john sepich or seepich however you pronounce it uh it is extra but i promise you if you want to make this book worth it this book will help i'm gonna i'm gonna rely a lot on the information from this book Buy it now. Notes on Blood Meridian by John Sepich, or Sepich, whatever. 
Uh, you can read this as you read along when you encounter a new character. Uh, he's got biographies in here. He's got a lot, a lot of good stuff um, that accompany this book. And literally half the shit that I'm going to tell you, I never would have realized if I hadn't opened this book. I never would have realized it. So, um, but let's talk about the first page. So, let's go and flip to it. Okay, so, uh, this is on, I guess, chapter three of John Seepich's book. It's page uh, 51. So, let's talk about the Leonids in this, uh, in Blood Meridian. So, I got two books open trying to deal with it. So, he says, Night of Your Birth. 33 the leonids they were called so in roughly 1833 there was a meteor shower called the leonids let's see what uh seepich has to say about this the kids birth during leonid the kids birth during the leonid meteor shower of 1833 may derive from george frederick ruxton's life in the far west in which the story of a character resembling the kid opens with a reference to 1833 as the year it rained fire So, the kid's birth is associated with fire, an important element in Blood Meridian, which is assessed in the essays uh, Tarot and and Divination. Uh, This is another part of the notes on Blood Meridian. Um, So, (laughs) this is how deep this is. Uh, At... Oh, a birth during the Leonids of 1833 would have been on about November 12th. So that's saying right about where he was born. Uh, Therefore, the astrological sign under which the kid was born is Scorpio, October 23rd to November 21st. Scorpio is ruled by the planet Mars, a violent planet, okay, and by Pluto, the planet of secrecy. Um, So basically, yeah, it, it... his taste for mindless violence is supposed to come from the fact that he's a Scorpio and he's born on the night of fire. And as you can already see on the first page, it's so incredibly deep. Um, I'll, I'll get into this stuff later. I'm trying to dance around things without, uh, spoiling parts of the book for you, but already in the first page, that's, that's, that's something I completely missed. I said the Leonids. I don't really know what that is. I'll skip it. Um, I got, like three chapters in before I finally decided to look up a video about the first part of Blood Meridian and already on the first page, I was like, damn it, I already missed something. Um, so there's your heads up. Go back, look at that, uh, reread the first of the book, however far you've gotten and start to underline things that you don't understand. Um, yeah, guys, uh, that's, that's really all I've got. Um, the other thing is the, uh, the, because this is more of an episodic, I I don't even know if that's a word, because this book is written more in episodes than it is a whole storyline and plot, um, the chapters kind of have little bits about what those episodes are going to be, uh, inside the chapter that can be really important to, uh, to look at beforehand. I didn't do a lot of looking at it beforehand, uh, because it didn't really make sense, but now that I know, I wish I would have paid a little bit more attention to what the chapter was going to say, because it would have given me a little bit of heads up as to when parts were going to be important, if that makes any sense. Uh, noting what he notes in the chapter, when I would have gotten to something that sounds kind of like that, I would have been like, oh, this is important, not just blaze through and uh, read it without really recognizing that I'm somewhere important. So that's a good little note. But guys, I think I have talked a little bit too much on the intro. I don't think that I can say uh, anything more with without, um, I guess, 
doing some spoilers so that's all i've got guys i really appreciate uh you tuning into this this is going to be a really really exciting uh book club month i think i, I think it's going to go really really well um yeah i've talked enough about it thank you guys for listening